0: Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Finding Harmony. And today's episode, I'm here with Russell Case. Hi. And I'm here with a good friend, Amy Echo. And Amy and I met in my store in 2007 a while ago, and she is now teaching at Ashtanga Yoga Long Beach.
1: I was friends with her first.
0: <laughs> it's always <laughs> a competition, I guess. Hi, Amy. <laughs> Welcome to the show.
2: Oh, I, is it a competition always, you guys? The whole. So
3: thing. now,
2: now I'm reflecting back to. January of 2007, yes. which was the month that I met both of you. I know, right?
0: It's like you gotta you gotta remember back to the day, the very day and I, I can't oh, no.
2: remember what came first. <laughs> I can remember Russell at Jayashree's Yeah, Meeting Russell there. I was then... so
1: so tickled to meet you. I was Harmony. Like, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. (laughs)
2: And then Harmony and I, we went to the bird sanctuary and got on a boat together.
0: That's right. I think we met at the Dirty Dog Chai stand first. Ooh. Yeah. But I was also in Jai Sheree's class that year. But I think, I don't know, I feel like I met you at the Chai
2: stand. I was remarkably... um, I didn't really talk. I, I'm, I, I'm an extrovert introvert, so it's really difficult. Some sometimes I just don't talk to people.
1: But you—that's so weird because you fucking own the stage. Like when you're up <laughs> on stage, you like, you're all over it. I mean, you like you you even like you really cover a lot of distance as well. I've seen. <laughs>
2: It's an aerobic activity up there, (laughs) covering a lot of ground, running from side to side, like a caged animal.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. You're a little bit of a caged animal up there, and you prowl, and you're like,
2: let me out. (laughs) Yeah, Uh That's what it feels like.
0: Mm. I think that's how I was introduced to I I believe maybe Kimberly, not as a caged, <laughs> caged animal.
3: You. Caged you.
0: <laughs> no, uh, I think Kimberly or Kiki Flynn, uh, I believe she said, oh, this is my student and she
2: is a rock star. Yeah. That is such a good impression of Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: It's actually it's um, really good.
2: Yeah, I. She and she's so great. It was um, yes. Noah and Kimberly were my first teachers. Um, it was an epic foundation to get with them. Um, I was with them solidly for two years at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, and then they moved away, and left me. They left you all
0: alone. Yes.
1: It's it's it is interesting. Like who you who you end up talking to. In Mysore, and how you become friends, and uh, since like 2007, I remember Harmony. We were in the we were in the um, kitchen, and she said, "Oh yeah, I know exactly when uh, Amy came to Mysore the first time. It was January 2007." And I said, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs>
3: <laughs> and
1: it's because we valued uh, the hierarchy so much. <gasps> And so oh. when you value who's been there first and how long you know Guruji and who knows Kimberly and Noah and who was who Eddie's student, when you value these things so much, they etch themselves in your mind.
3: I, like, have yeah. to,
2: I have to admit, um, again, in addition to being um, not as talkative as I, I probably could have been on that first trip... I didn't understand that there was a hierarchy, and... Um, That's probably good. <laughs>
3: and, no, but you, know, you, were, you
1: were received into paradise. Like, certainly, <laughs> you were escorted into the
3: cool group I was right usher- away.
2: I definitely had um, good ambassadors into uh, the hierarchy, I guess one would say.
1: But you also, like, oozed cool and was like, oh, shit, who is this? We got to fucking get to know her.
2: (laughs) I'm trying to remember. I think my hair was a normal color at that time, like, just, well, I mean, normal for me. It was platinum-y, I think.
1: Yeah, it was platinum But
2: Harmony, oh, my God, you were so totally, your hair was so punk rock. You were so freaking hot. It was ridiculous. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, this hair. Oh, I should cut up all my hair. So I thought you were the coolest. Oh, thank you. No, that was I nice. really did.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was really uh, um, Stevie Nicks style.
2: <laughs> it was like punk rock. It was short, yeah. short, short. And yeah, just like yeah. totally rad. I think so, also
0: platinum at the time. But that's,
1: yeah. that's like the definition of punk rock, right? Like just the hairstyle?
2: Oh, yeah, it's just the hairstyle. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want to be punk rock, you <laughs> have to go onto Amazon.com and type in the search engine manic panic or punky colors, <laughs> 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 and you will instantly be proclaimed a punk rocker.
1: Yeah, we, 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 you know Nick Evans, right? I do. So he's, he's, this, he's a guy that teaches Ashtanga yoga out in the Netherlands now, and he's got a great story, and he's in the, the Guruji book and um, out of England, and he was a music producer. So he's in the industry like you, right? Um,
3: yes. You <laughs> he
1: hesitated. And, you know, I, he, I asked him once, like, what punk means, and he, and he was like, oh, it's like a narco-vegan idealism. And I'm like, Oh, how interesting. Huh? Like what what is so you're a punk rocker who's come to yoga, but I just wanna like I wanna we wanna know what you mean by that. And that's what this whole phone call is about. Like what do you what do you mean? Um what, ooh, what do I mean? Yeah, as like a as a what meaning, is the meaning of as my a personal radi- life? as a as a <laughs> as a manifestation of radiant light. What do
3: you mean? Um, uh, <laughs>
2: Amazing what are you... um, I think that's really interesting that Nick Nick um, placed uh, a certain particular uh, I guess g- constructs onto punk rock or punk oh. so we do have to differentiate I guess between punk and punk rock because you know that's like yoga and asana right
0: okay. yeah
2: interesting yeah um, one is a way of life, <laughs> and the other is an expression of it. Really? Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Um, but I think for me, um, how I ended up identifying with other people who identified as punk uh, was that I didn't fit in anywhere at all. Um, That's-
1: so you're a white girl, right?
2: Yeah, I'm a white girl. Well,
1: um, there's a place for you right there.
2: There's a is that isn't that a song? Or like a Disney song, like "There's a Place for Us." <laughs> I almost started singing it, and then I realized I didn't know it. <laughs> um, yeah, I I mean I guess that I have a bunch of um, places that I fit. Um, this is really interesting because. I was just uh, talking to somebody about um, an experience they had with their daughter and where they traveled from where they lived in Texas up to Seattle, and they had this experience. Uh, Their daughter identifies as bisexual and um, gender fluid, I guess, uh, as well. And, um, you know, they left Texas and they went to this small town near to Seattle, And um, in the windows, you know, there was all these rainbow um, posters and flags and um, statements about pride and along with Black Lives Matter posters and all of these things. And, And the young girl really started to cry because she felt safe there. Wow. Mm -hmm. and um so that she's a white girl as well um Mm -hmm. there i guess this word intersectionality you know there's all these different places where um we can be oppressed i guess yeah and race is one of them for sure and i have um had that experience of um being a minority as a white person white child um where I moved from um, the most upper north part of Orange County into um, LA County and ended up in a school where in the school, I think um, it was less than 1% white, primarily Hispanic, um, a small portion black. Um, So maybe there was five or six white kids at the school. And um, I was bullied and sexually harassed, and it went on for a couple years, and um, I didn't want to go to school, all of that. Um, I invented all kinds of intestinal disorders. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure looking back now, like, I can remember that my stomach hurt, but it wasn't the same kind as an actual, like, if you've got, like, gastroenteritis or something. It was definitely a psychological stomach pain. My yeah, guts like anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the only way that I could um, articulate it to my mom was that I couldn't go to school because my stomach hurt. Right. Um, and um, so I didn't, I wasn't accepted there. And um, then I came back to Orange County a couple of years later and I have um, a Portuguese surname um
1: what which is
2: that uh, my last name so my my name is amy echo that's my first and middle name and my last. that's name, portuguese my last name is um actually i i'm really poor at speaking i can't speak it i have no portuguese in at all but i think it's rodrigues it's very fancy sounding Ro- right
1: Rodriguez. Um, in, in,
2: in, spanish. In, in, in spanish it's Rodriguez.
1: Wow. Uh, But you're not a white girl.
2: I am a white girl. (laughs) My dad was adopted. Oh. Um, And I think from my 23 and me, I'm French and German. (laughs) (laughs) I actually don't. No, I, I have a lot. Of, I mean, it wasn't until 23 and Me that I found out I was French and German. It was really funny because my identity—I had to like really go, "Wow, I've been identifying as Italian American this whole time, oh <laughs> and I'm really French and German." But this, so. this is
1: interesting. Like, there's a—you—you you brought up a, a term that I—that surprised me, and I—I I don't mean to. Put you on the spot at all, but like having lived in California and lived in, and worked in Title I schools um, in Latino districts in mm-hmm. in California, I, I was surprised to hear you say Hispanic, which is a really very charged term in, in the Latino community because uh, it's you know it's colonially oppressive, whereas uh, Latina or in your case Latina is a is a term that you choose for yourself. Almost as a as a as a as a uh, identity. as an identity and as a as, uh, as resistance. So, but like, dude, you, if you want to be, uh, you know, Portuguese, then own it.
2: Yeah, um, but I didn't have any Portuguese um, people to explain to me what Portuguese was because mm. my dad was white
3: yeah (laughs) (laughs) and apparently
2: i found out recently he's french and german no (laughs) and actually oddly um he was born in hawaii and um that was the culture that my my dad's family really identified with they Mm. were portuguese people that lived in hawaii but like it was more about uh, hawaiian culture than it was portuguese
1: well so Trump has taught true. us anything that's not American.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> Hawaii yeah. is not American either. So, but, so <laughs> no. ma-
1: but so like this thing, punk is something that you can you can own. You can actually claim it as an identity.
2: Yeah. So it was um I ended up after um I went from Los Angeles back to Orange County, I ended up in a school that had a lot of money. And um, I, I didn't, my family didn't have a lot of money. I was a single, my mom was single mom nurse raising um, me. And um, I couldn't get the shirt with the, the polo horse on it
3: oh yeah yeah that's
2: yeah. a great shirt
1: i've got a couple of those
2: the preppy shirt yeah. i couldn't get the alligator one either
1: oh. you No. Know? <laughs> so
2: there was this other one that was mm. like a total knockoff from JCPenney, i think
1: those and, are so obvious
2: right obvious
3: right away and you're gonna get mentioned for that so
2: for me the only i, I was being bullied there too yeah. almost immediately and so because i it just didn't fit i just didn't fit it's kind like of a
1: Molly win. Ringwald situation that you've got going on.
2: It it felt that way. I identify <laughs> with that. Oh, my gosh, that movie. That mm. movie. That movie. John mm. Hughes is my everything, so I yeah. that. Um, <laughs> and now I'm like, I could recite the movie to you. <laughs> <laughs> but it really did feel that way, you know. And so the only thing I could do um, was go completely the other way. And be completely fabulous. Um,
3: wait, just wait. Li- exactly like, like
2: that, pretty in pink. Like I took oh. old prom dresses and deconstructed them and wore them to school. I took my mom's business suits and wore them to school because right. I couldn't afford the stuff that the other girls were wearing or the boys were wearing either. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, yeah.
3: Um, that's so-
1: that's cool. Actually, I, I I know I've I've told you the story before, but. You know, when I was, I was, I was also, I itinerant and we moved every year. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. I was in Louisiana with nothing and uh, I moved up to Chicago to go to school and there are all these incredibly fabulous New York kids dressed to the nines, you know, in an in eight inch platform heels and glitter. And it was like that, it was like, like, dude, that just seems like it costs a lot of money to me. And then I did what you, what you do. I, I took a suit that my mom had bought for me as a graduation present with like the last dimes that she had. And I wore that to school because, you know, fuck it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go counterculture.
2: It's so. I. It's so. It's so awesome. I remember my mom. I remember this period of, of fashion for me, and one of the most um, stressful parts of, of of that was my mom trying to go school shopping with me, which was a total disaster every single time, because we couldn't get what everybody had. So um, we had this rift in our relationship until I discovered thrift stores. Right. Yeah. At which point shopping with my mom became amazing. And, wow. you know, it was really that, you know, and, and I think for a mom with a daughter, that's like a really important thing, I guess, is shopping. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have a daughter <laughs> or a son. <laughs> um, but I think it's like a, a some kind of vital bonding thing between mother and daughter is this, like, taking you shopping thing. And it was painful for a long time.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: and then it became really great. And um, that's still one of my favorite things to do is find amazing things in thrift stores. I think that's it. And I've had some really cool lucky finds in really but, weird places.
1: Well, it's, it's interesting. One of the things that we like talking about on the show is this, like these moments of crisis that are then resolved and like, that's finding harmony. And so like yoga is, is a big piece for that, but just to kind of, we're trying to to get to that piece about how you found yoga, but still there's other crises to come. Like you have to like get on stage
3: first.
2: Yeah. So it was really, um, you know, the the punk thing wasn't just about what weird clothes I was putting on. It was really that there was this whole whole group of young people um, making this insane music. And some of it was protest music, and some of it was just, like, aggro-knows-what music. But there was, you know, there was definitely a a soundtrack, too. You know, and then that's the different, the punk, the punk rock, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I think it's difficult to separate the two, really, at the end of the day.
0: Were you, like, also really, like diving into um like the anarchy and like the philosophical like lifestyle side of it or was it mostly the music that you were
2: it was mostly the music at that point um it was it was Reagan was in office and so yeah it was definitely a time of abolished government and all of that stuff And and that was a time of just like extreme excess, right? Everywhere didn't it Mm -hmm. seem that way? Like (laughs) that was the Gordon Gecko "greed is good" generation, right? Right. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that's where that's like where Donald Trump comes from. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. He wishes, right?
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah, he's a hanger-on to that community.
2: Right? Yeah.
0: Mm. Ew. Um, (laughs) Everything's come into focus now.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but so that was always there in sort of an underlying on on sort of an underlying level, um, the connection with politics. But it was definitely more art and fashion um, connection in that way for me.
1: But But a sense of belonging.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I could. I mean, it was so nice to, because you could be any kind of weird at that time. There wasn't a uniform, you know. Now there's sort of a, you know, uh, you know, leather jacket, punk rock, mohawk, that kind of. Um. So my husband is um, now the drummer for the last five years. He's been playing drums in, you know, seminal punk rock band, Bad Religion.
3: And, uh, <laughs> so
2: they have, there's this thing that happens every year in Las Vegas called punk rock bowling.
3: Oh, wow. <laughs>
2: and it's like, it's a music festival and a bowling tournament. And um, they take <laughs> over a hotel in Las Vegas. When I say they, I mean, punkers. Yeah. And it was so awesome to go and just to walk down in the lobby And literally, it's, like, 85% poggers. Wow. And then you'll see, like, the random family from the Midwest that booked at that hotel and (laughs) didn't know that it was (laughs) (laughs) punker It's
3: hilarious. And
2: it's, like, super crazy hot. So there's, like, girls wearing virtually nothing and fishnets. And (laughs) it's, like, grandma and the little eight-year-old. Oh, my God. So that was really fun.
1: You know, Uh, one of the most bitchin', most punk performers out there that I like, I like her so much, and I think she's got a real kind of interesting future, is Miley Cyrus.
2: um, I think Miley Cyrus is actually super punk rock. And your,
1: your husband, like, he worked for her, right? He was a drummer in her band?
2: He was not the drummer in her band, and he was not even anything close to that.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm, yeah. This is, Russell, it you was her,
2: talk about it this. He was
1: her father's so, band that he was, was in. A and that's this super seminal punk band, the Billy Ray Cyrus uh, trio.
3: <laughs> so... Um, <laughs>
2: How it kind of went was, I guess, I don't know. Is this a fun story? I don't know. So anyway, Jamie was in a bunch of bands coming up, um, and I met him when he was in a band called Snot. Snot. um, Yeah, (laughs) S-N-O-T, Uh, (laughs) Snot. Woo-hoo! That was the 90s. Things like this happened. Um, So we actually, um, I was in Human Waste Project, and how we met as we... um, We played together a lot, and then we ended up on tour together, sharing a tour bus because we were both sort of like up-and-coming bands. And we fell in love. Um, And so uh, within the next year or so, we ended up um, quitting our respective bands and beginning this new project called The Start. Um, And we did that for a really long time. And then I started going to India.
3: But
1: wait, wait, wait. It was before you got to India. Like, wasn't it the collapse of the Human Waste Project that got you into yoga in, in the first place? Which is sad, yeah. by the way, because you should see the YouTube comments on the Human Waste Project. They still love you. Like, I there's know. still daily yeah. comments on that album.
3: That's very that's... cute. That's
1: not going
2: to happen. <laughs> <laughs> what so, I don't know. It could happen. Who knows? If we are all still friendly. Um, tell tell us how, how the demise okay. of this so, happened
0: and what brought you to yoga.
2: What ended up happening was I was in this band called Human Waste Project and Jamie was in this band called Snot. And we had kind of already decided that um, our musical tastes were kind of veering in a different direction than our, our current bands were. I was on tour. He was on tour. I ended up playing OzFest in the UK um, oh. and it was like... Uh, Foo Fighters were headlining um, Therapy um, We played in between Slayer and Pantera Which is and I was fantastic what, I was the only girl front person And I think literally There was two other female musicians That day and one of them was my friend Raina, she's a bass player And um, it was just like I, I was playing after Slayer you guys yeah (laughs) wow it was so um a
1: little aggressive
2: it was so heavy and so masculine and so I was so pushed to the right of myself and and I really I think I'm sure there's video of that performance somewhere I don't know where but um it was 60,000 people and um super hot like the hottest day ever and um I gave it as hard as I could, um, I screamed a lot, because I felt like I needed to be really tough, yeah. like, tougher than I already was, like, I had to do the toughest version of me <laughs> that I ever did, and I That's... did it, and I stepped up stage, and I went to the ladies' room afterwards, because, and, and I collapsed underneath the sink, and my mom happened to be with me in in Europe, and she had like dragged me out from under a sink because I was just having this total nervous breakdown. And we walked back out, finally got me back out and we walked back out and Pantera was happening. And it was just so um, gross. I know that's really, it's a really strong judgmental thing to say, but I wasn't, I've not, I, I understand how people appreciate that band. I understand that they're good at what they do, but nothing that they represent was ever anything that I was into. And so like, this guy is, you know, on the stage going, respect! And I'm like, ew, ugh. I'm going to vomit. Um, <laughs> total toxic masculinity. Yeah. Yeah, we have, um, we have a lot um, of that now. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. so... I decided that I, it was, that was it. And I, I talked to Jamie and I said, we need to stop doing what we aren't happy with and we need to start this other thing. And so we did. And that's how the start happened. <laughs> <laughs> I love this
0: idea, like how you said you had to um, go to the real right of yourself. Mm, yeah that's such a a great expression because it reminds me so much like like in yoga we're you know it's like balancing these two right the left and the right and the yang mm-hmm. and the masculine the feminine and it's really about trying to cultivate this balance and the ida uh, and the pingala <laughs> yeah the ida and the pingala the sun yeah. and the moon right all yeah. these opposites mm. and when you go too far uh, to one extreme often I think your experience is very relatable because um, you feel it you feel it in every way in yourself like whoa that's oh it was center
2: your raging rajas experience yeah which led to a pure raging thomas experience on the ground <laughs> like yeah. all you know that was like if, if we're talking pairs of opposites.
0: Yeah. And just like a complete breakdown of your nervous system in a way. hundred percent.
3: Yeah.
1: It, it's, but how does that thought occur to you? You know, like, well, Christ, I need to do some yoga. Like, where does you even get that idea from?
2: I, I decided that I was quitting my band and um, we had lost our record deal and I started waiting tables again, which was mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean that No is the truest sense of word.
3: No, wow. I think it's
2: so amazing That that is there Like that was there To pick me up Yeah, You know, I, okay. I waited tables At Swingers in Hollywood okay. And I, I Before I got my record deal And I waited tables at Swingers and Hollywood After I got my record deal Whoa. After I lost my record deal and I walked in and they said, Oh, yeah, of course you can come back and wait tables. And so I waited tables there for a while. And um, one of the other girls there, um, I was like, Oh, man, I heard about this yoga thing and blah, blah, blah. What is this yoga? I don't even, I wouldn't even know where to begin to find yoga.
1: And you thought it would help.
2: Yeah. Well, I was going to the gym all the time and I was super burned out. It was like, it's like what you're saying, Harmony. I was like pushing to the right of myself. I was pushing over here and frying myself out completely over and over again in every every place that I was going. And um, so the gym wasn't giving me any kind of relief. Um, that was kind of just... how the conversation started with her was like, oh, is there anything that I can do with my body that will give me relief?
1: Right. But why not just stay on stage with 60,000 fans and just snort a bunch of ketamine? Like,
2: I don't <laughs> understand
1: that decision.
2: Um, I can't explain it to you in any other way. I mean, I'm going to go to a yogic way of explaining it, but it was like such nice. feeling really inauthentic. Yeah. And okay. um, it, it wasn't in line with my who, not even who my projections of my mind were seeing myself as. It just was my knowing was saying that it was out, it was wrong. It was just all. It was super interesting because there was a lot of blowback, and this blowback happened it continued up until this year. Wow! Um, I, I, la- I actually it was last year, late last year. I, I asked. Um, I thought we would do a human waste project reunion, and so oh. I called everybody, and everybody was in except for one person, and that one person was like, "You destroyed everything. Why would I ever?"
3: Whoa. <laughs>
2: and the funny thing is is we had already done a reunion in 2008 so this kind of issue had already we'd already been through this whole right wow. i thought we had been through it but he had remarkably forgotten and was just <laughs> like for feeling betrayed and all of these different still, experiences yeah and so still
1: resenting made, the life that he could have had regardless yeah, exactly. of how much damage that would have done to you
2: And that's what he was saying. He's like, you left this whole situation. And it didn't feel that way to me either. It felt like um, there was no other way but out. And so out happened, and I got a different record deal, and then a different record deal, and a different record deal, and a different – I might have had – I don't know what the record is for record deals, but I might hold it. But I might hold it. Well, that's something to be proud of for sure. Right. I think the start had four uh, was it four records out on five different record labels. Wow. Maybe it was six now that I think about it. That's super funny. Um. So, you, so that's how I ended up doing yoga, though. Was that this waitress lady, Stacy, who was super awesome? Um, she said, "Oh, well, you should go to Noah," and I didn't know what a Noah was.
3: You
1: know? <laughs> well, he's a figure from the Bible. I'm sorry, the Torah for you. And it's the it's the R Bible, but anyway. <laughs>
2: Um, he's definitely a figure. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Actually, I want to say, um, that when I, I made my first trip to, to Mysore, I had been with Guy and I had been an apprentice and I had brought some cachet to the oh. table and a lot of people, um, yeah, fucking I'll name names. A lot of people like John Campbell and, um. Uh, Matt Criggs and Noah, uh, Russell Kai. All up-and-comers
2: at that point, uh, right? Yeah,
1: they were up-and-comers at that time. But they were, like, paying attention to me. It's like, oh, yeah, this cat, he's good on his hands. He knows Guy. He's in the scene. He's going to get to come to the pizza parties on Friday. And that's how I met Noah. Uh And I immediately, like, idolized him. He was the same age as me. I think we're born with, like, a month apart. And I, like, everything he was, I wanted to be. Like, I wanted to be that guy. And...
2: I think you're not the only one who felt that way. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, he... I think even I felt that way when I first started practicing (laughs) with him. Like, wow!
1: Yeah. Like, all you would need to be that guy is some mascara, and you could be him.
2: So, super funny. Um, There's this... This person who was my roommate way back then, way back then, and the way back um, pre-Yoga, but um, in Human Waste Project days, and he was a, in an awesome band, one of my favorite bands still to this day, is this band called Plexi. And so um, for years and years and years, this guy, his name's Michael, and he would give me all kinds of crap all the time about Ashtanga Yoga because he thought it, you know, we were some kind of weirdo cult and blah blah blah. Right, and um, he was gonna do his Bikram and whatever.
3: And... <laughs> <laughs> he's talking
2: about weirdo cults. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he finally, 20 years later, like hits me up last year about um, you know doing the yoga, and he's like, oh, "Okay, who do I go to?" And I'm like, "Oh, you should go to Noah. And he's right around the corner from you. Get over there. It's good." And he wrote me like a couple days later, and he's like, "No, seriously." I would do anything for that guy. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> <laughs> I will do anything he says. I'm wow. like, all right. I think wow. he still, has
3: his,
2: yeah, his still has his magic
0: powers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: It's the eyes, though. Those eyes. Yeah. And he's got those massive long eyelashes. And they stare at you. And you think, yeah, OK, dude. Whatever you, yeah, I'll do it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Right? But you know
1: the story the Guruji told about Noah?
2: No, I don't. I would love to hear this.
1: Um, somebody asked somebody who was uh, I would say this this question was like two thousand six or two thousand seven. Somebody asked Guruji like, you know, of all of these up and comers who are around, you know, Eddie or Noah or you know, or Richard Freeman, who do you you know whose practice do you, do, looks the most like yours? Like who do you identify with, Guruji? And he said Noah. My practice is like Noah. Oof. And I think more than anything, it was that Noah has this implacable will to persevere.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And that's what I love most about him. And he's he been never riding that
2: up. moment for the rest of the <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, but that uh, was the thing. Like, but he wouldn't, what I he wouldn't to know is who asked? That question. What oh, a I think bizarre!
1: It was, question. it was no. That sounds like Kimberly. That's a Kimberly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> lots of lots of bizarre questions got asked. It's like mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Is
1: it my husband?
0: <laughs> I think the other beautiful thing, though, about Noah's practice, I mean, the fact that it was, it was like just. You know, you could see that willpower, that focus, that determination, uh, like Im- embodied, but also just the humility. I mean, there's just no ego when he practiced at all. It was incredible to see that.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's, um, it, he definitely, like the Nirodaha is there. There is restraint. Oh, it's big time. Like full on. Yeah. Um, and it is. I mean, I've been in rooms with him um, later on when he wasn't teaching. Like, I would be down at yep. Tim's practicing when he would drop in. I remember being in the room one time there and he started doing TikToks. And um, like 70% of the room stopped, like just quietly stopped doing their practice and just watched. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he was like horrified. <laughs>
3: Yeah, Yeah, of course. He was
2: absolutely (laughs) horrified because, first of all, he wasn't paying attention to anybody in the room to notice that everybody had stopped. And I think there may have been some applause afterwards, which was really horrifying for him. (laughs) But it was really beautiful and effortless and super focused, and it it didn't seem performative in any way. Um, Yeah. And I'm not going to say that that's – I'm happy that that was my impression of it, who knows what it feels like to be in Noah? Yeah. We don't know? No,
3: we don't know. Um, no one no,
2: knows what it feels like to be
0: Noah except Noah.
3: Wait, yeah. in Noah?
0: <laughs> Stop Russell. Is
3: that?
1: Is that that's pegging, right? When you get when you get the harness on? No.
0: Oh my god. A-la-la-la-la. <laughs> A-la-la-la-la.
1: No, no, that's that's what it's called. It's called
3: pegging.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, so a-la-la-la. tell us. Yeah, <laughs> back to the singing. Thank you. Back to the music. <laughs>
3: Um, <laughs> back to the music.
1: let's get back to the music.
2: Russell you're destabilizing us <laughs> <laughs> so you walk
0: into knowing Kimberly's room at that time and you're yeah. just Like, what the hell is happening here? Because, I mean, the first time you walk into a MISO room, what, like, what goes
2: through your head? Okay, so first of all, they had a really small room. I wouldn't have known that at the time, but, so because they had this small room, the class on the schedule went from Seven a m to one pm, <laughs> so I had that wow. first hurdle to jump over of like, okay I'm, is this a five hour class right. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> and yeah. um, I,
3: walked,
2: I but I, I I walked in, and it was that thing like the feet were going, and the all of me was terrified, and the feet just kept going in, and the conversation was sort of similar. Um, I said, "Hi, I want to take yoga
3: <laughs> and um
2: <laughs> He, uh, I had actually been to, um, somebody was teaching uh, little lead classes there, like little, uh, like half, half primaries and like quarter primaries, mm-hmm. um, and there, and so I had done the like little quarter primary thing a couple times, a <laughs> couple times, right, <laughs> and um, so I go in, Okay, this is actually really funny. Here's how it actually happened that I just had a memory of. I was at like a crazy party for Madonna, the, really? <laughs> the musical artist. Yeah. And one of my friend, one of the this girl that I knew, who was actually the girlfriend of the guy who produced the Human Waste Project record. His name's Ross Robinson. He's really uh, he's produced some amazing records, but his mom is Byron Katie. It's like a whole Whoa. weird world. That's yeah, really weird. Super who's, interesting whole group that? of people. Oh, she's amazing.
1: Oh, who's Byron Katie? You
2: don't know who Byron Katie is? Byron Katie is. Is
1: that Byron uh, Kest? No, no. Like she's
2: she's no. an amazing. Um, I don't want to say it in this way because it sounds really stupid. Because she's actually quite phenomenal. Um, but one would. Say Put her but. in the self-help guru category.
0: Yeah, we have a book of hers downstairs. You can read all about her. Can we, she's okay. like in the Deepak
2: Chopra, Eckhart Tolle, oh.
1: Oprah, Super
2: Soul Sunday Club. So
1: she would have been in the, like one of the Hay Hill production house.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And so um, I'm at this party, and I run into the girlfriend of my friend, and she, I, she's like, "What have you been doing?" And I said, "Oh, I've been trying this yoga thing." And she's like, "Oh my god, I practice ashtanga." And, da, 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 da. and you know how it happens when you start talking to somebody like us, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. wow. Um, and I said, but I know, I she's like, are you doing my story? And I was like, are you crazy? It's six hours long, and I said, <laughs> oh, no. And she's like, no, 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 you should just go. You should just go in there. She's like, I used to practice there. You should just go in there and, and tell Noah that you want to come. And I was like, okay. So I did. I just literally went in and said, um, Noah, Hi, I'm Amy, and I want to start you. And he looked at me really sternly and said, Okay, but you need to pay me um, a full month right now. And you need to come at least four days a, w- a week. I prefer six. And I just kept saying yes to everything he was asking. So this is a, his trick, his superpower. Insidious. Yeah.
3: <laughs> right? Yeah.
2: So I yes. oh, yes. said yes. My mouth is going, yes. Who said yes? <laughs> yeah. So the next thing you know, I'm showing up. And the cool thing about it was they did have an 11 o'clock start time. So I, it was, like, perfectly in line with my life. I could stay out at the clubs until 2 o'clock in the morning, roll in to do my practice at 11.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, that's but good.
1: It's so funny, though. Like, at a certain point of time in time in the mid-'90s, late-'90s, suddenly – Ashtanga yoga became this thing that punks did.
2: Oh, yeah. It was, like, super. Um, super punk. The super community is subversive. super punk. It felt super yeah. um, outsider. Out there. Yeah. It felt super outsider. And it was um, this
1: gnarly thing that we would do after, you know, you know, whether we were in art school, whether we were in a punk band, whether we were waitresses, we were fucking tattooed all over, and we were doing ashtanga yoga, trying absolutely. to stay clean.
2: So it was, um, uh, so I, I did uh, jump out of a plane once. and <laughs> I and hope you had a parachute on. I did. It was a perfectly accurate. good plane, but I jumped out of it. And um, on the ride up in the, in the plane, it was the first and only time I've done it so far. Um, there were these guys that just jump all day yeah. in the plane. And you could see them kind of like. Look, checking me out like the smell of my fear
3: yeah, 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 yeah. was something yeah.
2: that they were into
3: yeah yeah and yeah.
2: that's kind of like what the my star room felt yeah! like. Too. <laughs> i was like she's gonna exactly
3: jump right
2: yeah welcome to hell well she's hell. gonna jump out yeah. of a perfect good plane <laughs> every day
1: yeah yeah feel this
0: that's brilliant that's such a good way of describing it because you know before you start my source, of style Ashtanga Yoga it's like your life is fine <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then you make yeah. it multiple times worse
0: and then you like like you're saying you jump out of this perfectly good plane mm-hmm. and nothing is the same again
2: you know? Oh, but the fall. There's no getting
1: back in the plane either. There's no getting back in the plane if you jump out of the plane.
2: Yeah, no.
0: (laughs) But yeah, the fall is, is, uh, comes with some elation and some terror as
2: well, but. (laughs) So good. It's so good. I'm still, I'm still coming back every day.
0: Yeah. Now jumping out every day. now you're the one that's that's sitting in the plane smelling the fear of the others. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah. So you go to Mysore. We meet yeah, at the Thai stand. We start yeah. doing some chanting. We're yeah. practicing with Patabi Joyce and yeah. living it up in a dirty, hippie, punky kind of way.
1: Yeah.
0: And... You just go home, and then you keep coming back over and over again.
1: Yeah, why yeah. are you a yoga
2: teacher?
0: Did Jamie think you were crazy? I mean, I, he was there that first year that I
2: met you both. Yep, he was there. Um, he. Uh, it took me a long time to get there, you know, because uh, we were touring that whole yeah. time. And, in right. fact, up until the, like, day before I was supposed to fly out, the day before we were supposed to fly out in January we were, I was still tracking vocals on a record, um, because everything had gotten, um, pushed back so far, and finding a chunk of time where I didn't have to be available, um, to be on tour was super difficult, you know, and, you know, you couldn't just go for a week, right? Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't the thing. No. So, I finally, like, chunked out this time and made the time to go, um, and I also thought it was insane. I just didn't think I was one of, you know, that was, that was for those people, right. you know, to go to India, you know, knowing Kimberly went to India. I was just a musician, um, yeah. I, but finally I, I did get the, the courage and the time and the money to go. Um, yep. I got a trunk that year. <laughs> You got a <laughs> trunk. Uh, the trunk means you're coming back again. <laughs> I got a trunk that year and I left my mat in India.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: that's what you mean. Yeah. 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 So, like, so for our left listeners at home, Shiva. part of what happens when you go to my store and you really dig in and say, I'm I'm a part of this place. I'm, I've committed to the lifestyle. I'm giving up all my friendships at home and all, any inability, any, all of my, Proceeds now are going to go towards me, going to go towards months that I can live in India. Absolutely. What you do when you when you've decided to make that commitment is like you get a trunk from this this merchant, the trunk, and you put the and then you rent space in the merchant's house to store your trunk <laughs> with all your stuff in it that you're going to need the next time. Clothes that should be burned, burn uh, a yoga mat that's <laughs> too heavy to travel with, and some pots and pans. And like yeah. that's in the trunk. Yeah, and that's what you got. It's
2: that's so weird when you
3: think yeah. about it. Oh.
1: Yeah, but now, but like when you decided to buy that trunk, that's when you bought becoming a yoga teacher in Long in Long Beach. That was the moment you got to where you are. It's like, yeah, okay, I'm buying a trunk. I'm getting. I'm gonna. Yeah, it.
2: it was a super kind of interesting. Um, it, actually, it was sort of like. I don't know how to explain it, but sort of a vision thing, right? So I felt like I was going to do music and travel that way and and do my practice and learn as much as I possibly could. And, you know, my dream was absolutely um, to be doing music for the rest of my life. Um, But there was this little voice that said, when you're 40... You're gonna be authorized, and you're gonna open a yoga shala in Long Beach. Wow! And and this was like, you know, well before that. I was like, oh, that's so interesting because I had some my I had property in Long Beach, um, and there was no real yoga in Long Beach at that time. And I just yeah. like said, oh, that's like a there you go, that's your fallback plan. <laughs> Your <laughs> fallback plan is being an Ashtanga yoga teacher. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. You can, that is look, funny. You can look at
1: the at the arc of your life, and like you like someone else who made her first trip to Mysore in two thousand and seven was Natalie Portman. The two of you were there together, <laughs> and you bought a trunk. And Natalie didn't. Again, that's <laughs> explains. That's what how happened. I
2: ended up an Ashtanga yoga teacher, and she remains a movie star. Yeah. 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 That that's... darned trunk. Yeah. Sealed yeah. my fate when I closed it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Dear. Yeah. Wow. wow.
2: Yeah, it's still there. Same one. <laughs> Do we
1: have a trunk?
0: No, our last trip to Mysore, you know, I don't know what this means, but we got Uh-oh. rid of all of our trunks. We did? Well, because that yeah. stuff should We're be not by now, really. Yeah, I'm no, honestly, We said, watching. you know what, we are not renting trunk space any longer. Really?
1: You said that? <laughs> that's, but that's final.
2: That's so well, final. To be fair, it's kind of a different seen now it's like very
0: them. different i oh, mean in
2: 2007 they were telling us that we were um having living it up you know being able to have pizza from domino's or whatever sure, or hot water or hot water yeah mm. i had a i had a hot water bucket shower in
1: 2007 right? how, how fucking it bougie. Was awesome. how bourgeois is that
2: i know i yeah. was so lucky <laughs> and now it's like you know Seriously, you want for nothing. Yeah. I mean, you can get a bikini wax.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, that's pretty
1: crazy, right? Oh, <laughs> if I could yeah. have had my buttocks waxed in 2003 <laughs> so, I you
2: would have, never. You wouldn't even have, you have that. And you needed now. that because yeah. of your darn short shorts, Russell.
1: Oh, don't you start with that,
2: Under, underwear boy? Is no, that what you
1: were called? it's just, just. <laughs> Yeah, underwear, underwear boy. That's, yeah, <laughs> that was my nickname, and still is to some people from yeah. that generation.
0: Uh, no, 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 of... no. I'm
1: sorry, underpants boy.
0: Underpants,
1: underpants, Under, underpants yeah. boy. Yeah, <laughs> with his junk and the chunk.
0: So how many years has it been since you started practicing since you came to the practice now? I think this is my 21st year. And I don't want to like say say you know ages but you're somewhere around 50ish, right? No, no, 45. I, am, I just turned 50 Mid this 40s. year. Yes. So
2: Five, zero. That's amazing. <laughs> and don't so Don't you
0: take away my 50. Exactly. I love my I'm 50. I'm with you. I think you this should be
2: celebrated. Oh, super celebrated. I'm totally all about it.
0: Yeah. So what would you say, like, what's changed in your practice? Like, obviously, you've seen a lot of ups and downs and all arounds and, you know, gone through many phases. And you've also been practicing while you've been touring and being mm. a rock star. So, wh- like, tell us a bit about, you know, what's the takeaway? What's... I don't
2: even know how to articulate how miraculous every day is. It really just is. Um, and this is not some kind of, no, this is not some (laughs) kind of like hippy, dippy, new agey thing. It's like, uh, it, my practice this morning was super beautiful. I did three Surya Namaskar A's and three B's and then I sat and I did some Pranayama and I had like a total epic experience and, um, then I taught, uh, private, which was, like, super moving, and um, I taught yoga sutras last night, and, you know, a bunch of us were weeping, and Mm -hmm. just, like, having these, like, really deep, epic experiences, you know, and we were, I was talking to a student of of mine about bhoga, right, B-H-O-G-A, Mm-hmm. and oh yeah she
1: With was the, saying the non-yoga
2: yeah right you think that don't you um <laughs> well no this was like a really big moment for her and for i um right so if you go to that sutra i think it's Yoga sutra 218 that talks about why we come in a body um why we take this experience and, and it, it says for that or for apavarga, right? For Yeah, for, either for pleasure. The, for the experience of it mm-hmm. or for liberation, right? Yeah,
0: well, for both, for both, really, right? For liberation and to enjoy.
2: It depends on who your teacher is. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's the wonderful thing about the sutras. <laughs> but I think um, so that the teacher that I have right now um, mm. says that it's a dual ending, so that it's an in, in or which I think is really interesting because it doesn't mean that they're exclusive from each other, but mm-hmm. it means that you can toggle back and forth. And right. um, my one student was saying, you know, I just can't give up the boga piece. I just can't give it up. I don't know how to do that. And, and it was kind of on and talking about the desire to anesthetize, I think was really what it was about. And I was like, I want to to, to do the things so that I don't have to feel. And I don't know that I'm ready to give that up.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I don't think that that's boga. I think that's the opposite of boga. That's the ultimate anti-boga because what the boga about is really living it and really feeling it. Feeling the sad and feeling the pain and feeling the love and feeling the everything. Mm -hmm. And like anesthetizing yourself is it's neither. There is no liberation and there is no boga. Right.
3: And
2: um, sorry I just went off on a tangent. So anyway practice these days is real good. (laughs)
1: you know it's interesting we have a we have a, a mutual friend i'm not going to use his name that um showed me his his box of chemical dependency in my store oh. and it was oh. you know it's, it was full of of cannabis and ketamine and oh. tranquilizers and he's you know you, you you remember him as a late fourth series uh practitioner lo- really intense practitioner. And, you know, he's just, he said to me, like, look, it's better living through chemistry. Uh And I looked at it and I just like, as you said, and, you know, anesthetized. And I was afraid of that. I was afraid of, like, I think, you know, that's, um, that's a big choice to make to further physical practice. But it was also like, man maybe maybe that's maybe that's the way to go maybe that's full bore maybe i should really jump in
2: you know i think you do that until you don't have to do that anymore you know mm-hmm. um and i know that there was certainly a period of time where i would have um gotten up in the morning and taken an ibuprofen so that i could you know do my practice in a performative way in yeah. in that in that room in Mysore yeah you know cuz uh Uh, And and that's on me, hundred percent on me. Like that's nobody. Nobody told me that I needed to be anything other than whatever I was. Right. So that was the projections of my own mind pushing myself in that direction. But that and I and I see so many people abusing themselves with Asana in this way and in in Ashtanga. Ooh.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I won't speak for Harmony, but I did. Absolutely. But right. just like maybe shooting up ketamine, you know, maybe, uh, maybe that would have been more of a commitment.
3: Well. <laughs>
2: Woo-hoo! Th- I have no idea what that experience would be like. So I don't know if it's like, <laughs> a, I can't even quantify what that experience is.
3: No, no, evidently I feel, it was like I feel very kind of calming. sad
2: that I've never experienced yeah. ketamine. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's
3: talking about either. <laughs> no.
0: But I think that's, I mean, that's, interesting because I think there is this phase of practice and, uh, you know, often it, it happens maybe, you know, when you're in an environment that's, uh, feels competitive, it feels like, uh, an all or nothing kind of environment or situation where you're really, you know, you have a lot of asana goals or a lot of, um, you know, you really, even if it's not asana goals, maybe you're using the practice as a a form of liberation you're trying to like striving to be liberated right like yeah yeah constant yeah. striving for something right enlightenment
2: liberation
0: because the next posture the next you know
2: that's uh, where it's going to happen for sure when you get yeah. that <laughs> right
0: yeah. yeah and so i mean yeah there's a lot that goes on right a lot of a lot of starvation diets to get that yeah. next posture, to get that next, oh, you're good enough, that's beautiful, you know, whatever, <laughs> What's that? to be light What's enough, that? to float, to
2: do their jump backs and jump throughs. And- What's that line from uh, The Devil Wears Prada? <laughs> she says, um, I'm one stomach flu away from my goal weight. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's totally like wasn't that that's like the old like, yeah. oh yeah. how do I lose weight, Urgy? Oh, drink my syrup, tap water. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah <she laughs> drink my tap water. water.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, and we're man, laughing, but that's that was not okay. It was no, <laughs> it's a good joke
1: man. though. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's real at the same time. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, absolutely. You no, know, like you say, mm-hmm. taking a lot of anti inflammatories or you know, harder things or you know, it's it's interesting, and and in some ways, the physical practice can be quite delicious during those periods.
3: <laughs> True,
2: um, it is. It's super interesting, and I, you know, having said that, my practice today was was super limited as far as Asana goes. My point was, I got there on that, and yeah. my point isn't that I. That's all I do now. It's just that's how much time I had today, and I was still able to get what i needed out of that
3: right
0: yeah, yeah and that's um, that's the beautiful thing and even patabi joy said all of yoga is contained within surya namaskara a and b yeah. but it takes sometimes you have to go through all of all of the bullshit you know to get to the place where you can just like be with yourself and like like you said, <laughs> get
2: there yeah i think um first for a lot of us it takes a lot of um my mom used to talk about the Carlos Castaneda books and how mm. um, he really beat him down with drugs in that way and abused him to, to, to get him, to free him, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the asma that way. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, let's show you this and make it look like it's about this. And we'll just beat the crap out of you until you're like, finally surrender yeah (laughs) Yeah, you're like I can't take it
3: anymore (laughs) what's
2: this really about (laughs) I mean it's really I actually don't teach that way um I'm not um I'm a really adaptive teacher I think I I teach for whoever shows up and anybody's welcome to show up in my room and my room spans a lot of age ranges and a lot of ability ranges and in fact it's a pretty basic room there's just a lot of basic stuff going on which is pretty cool
3: actually I think
2: um so I'm seeing some amazing things happening that have you know not to do with what you didn't eat last night so that you can fling your body around Mm -hmm. um I don't know
0: yeah, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing though, because I think, you know, at a certain at a certain time in your life you reach a place where yoga becomes more than just the asana practice and it becomes something that's much deeper and you start experiencing it, you know, in other ways through other yeah. through other means. And <laughs> Darn, a gateway drug though, hey? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Mm. And then, like you say, the asana can is becomes more of a tool to like find that connection to yourself again and again, and and you don't necessarily, you know, need a, an hour and a half to like whack the weeds away because you already did that work.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's really well, what could it spend,
1: feels like. You could spend an hour and a half whacking the weasel instead. <laughs>
2: Oh my god, Russell! (laughs) There he goes again, destabilizing. This has
1: been a real pleasure again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I look forward to the next time we have a chance to speak with
0: you. Russell just remembered he has something to do. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I could have talked. To, I can talk to you guys all day
3: long. Mm.
2: So tell us where people can find you if they're looking for you, Amy. Yeah. Um, I am all 100% online right now. We've had another shutdown here in yeah. California. So um, I'm teaching Mysore style Monday through Friday from 7.30 to 9.30 Pacific Standard Time. Um, and then Sundays I'm doing a little lead class. And then I have a yoga sutra study. Right now it's three times a week. Wednesdays at 5 p.m. and Fridays and Sundays at 9.30 a.m. And the yoga sutra classes is it's like the best, most amazing thing that ever happens in my week. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs>
0: that sounds awesome. Yeah, well. And tell us what your website is. AYLB.org. Okay, AYLB.org. AshtangaYogaLongbeach.org. That's true. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. And thank you, Amy, for joining us today. It's always so wonderful to talk with our friends.
1: Stay safe, Amy.
0: Thank you.
2: You too. So much love. Love you. Love you. Mm -hmm.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony with me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.
3: Standing in eternity's shadow Watching the break hot wind and the soil